Hey everybody, welcome to Listen Money Matters. My name is Matt and I'm here with Andrew. How are you? I'm badass, dude. Awesome. What are you drinking today? I am actually straddling uh, a, rain, a remainder of La Cerveza de Pacifico. What does straddling a drink mean? Uh, I'm dual fisting. So, ah. See this right here? Yep. I got in one hand La Cerveza del Pacifico. It's got a, got a little bit left. Yep. And I got a Cosmo in, in the other hand. So, dude, um, dude, do me a favor. Pour that beer in that drink. No way, man. Yeah, they'll they, carbonate they it. They only mix in my stomach. All right, fine. It would be good. It's like one of those beer cocktails everyone's all crazy about. Anyway, I'm just drinking uh, cold coffee. I'll come up with a beer cocktail. There you go. Good idea. I don't want to try it. And, and if it's terrible, then everyone can hear me vomit live. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Uh, before we get started, if you have any questions about personal finance, including income, debt, budgeting, or investing, shoot us an email with your question. Listen to money matters at gmail.com. Do you, can you tell that this is like pre-written? I'm <laughs> just reading that now. I'm reading it like lightning fast, but seriously, we want to hear from you guys. We love the emails. I want more emails. We love uh, the emails. We love uh, the emails. And we want... If you, even if you don't have a question, just email us. We've been saying this for the last couple episodes, uh, but we're ser- we seriously, seriously want to hear. From and you look, guys. we're we're still in like the infancy of the podcast, where we're taking it really serious now and like mm-hmm. double time in it. And uh, the feedback that we've been getting has been shaping what the future of the podcast is going to look like. So if yep. you want more of things that you want, like just let us know. So on that note, today we're going to be talking about where you should put your money first, right? And this comes out of multiple user questions, reader, listener questions, a specific one. There's a gentleman named Nick who emailed us. He's telling us, telling us it was a very long email. He told us how much he loved the show and he actually had a question and I want to address that question and I'll kind of paraphrase his email a little bit, but, um, he basically – what he wants to know is what to do with his savings. Does he put them towards student loans? Does he invest them or allocate a certain percentage towards one and use the rest for the other? And his situation is is he's 29 years old. He's married. He owns a house. He's maxed out his 401K even though he just started it. And he has $100,000 in student loan debt with an interest rate between around 7% interest rate. Right. So speak to Nick – Andrew, because what do you think he should do with his money, his savings, or, or any any income that he's currently making? Where should he direct that towards first? Because I have my opinion, but I want to hear yours. Sure, and and then after after we we talk to Nick, I, I want to add to the question a little bit. But uh, so I I kind of talked. To, to a listener about this in an email, not Nick, someone who had asked this before, mm-hmm. and um, their student loan interest was was really low. Um, the balance was reasonable. You know, they have extra cash. Um, I don't think it was similar. That you know, they were done with their four hundred one k, or at least the matching portion that their right. employer did, and um, they they were leaning towards uh, investing. Because, uh, you know, we're, we're saying that on average, and I mean, not we're saying, I mean, statistically, on average, you will get between 7 to 7% cons- uh, conservatively, 7 to 8% uh, year over year if you invest. So if your interest rate is, you know, 4%, you, you stand to make double, you know, investing it. Or at least you, you would net plus 4%. 
you know, even taking the hit on the student loan. But the thing is, is, is when you pull it out over like a long amount of time, that absolutely is true. But the problem is, um, a lot of these things are much more short term. And while yes, like you invest in the market on average, you can get 7%. This could be a bad year. Next year could be a bad year. You know, so you may be down, but you still owe on your student loan. And the thing is, is regardless of how the market does, you still owe on your your debt. So it really pays and makes sense to just kind of knock the debt out, mortgage aside, because mortgage tends to be very low, at least these days. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you get like tax deductions and shit like that. But I, I would definitely say kill the student loan before he invests. Okay. So you're saying any income that he makes, he should be he should be putting towards his student loan and getting that out of the way. Yeah, he should be going crazy to save just to get it out of the way. Yeah. That's exactly what my advice was going to be, and I was just hoping I was on the right path because to me there is nothing more important than getting rid of debt, student loan or credit card. Look, um, like we said with the, with the wealth wheel, right? Yeah, it's the brakes. It's like driving with the brakes on. I, th- I think the reality is that your debt is an emergency, and you need to treat it like an emergency. You know, you can nonchalantly, you know, pay a little bit or the minimums and drag it out, but you know what? Uh, the only one who's getting punished is the future you. Yeah, and you the joke wanna, is on you. So you don't want to be in your late forties paying off student loan debt. Seriously. Come on. You need, Come you need on. to be saving for your midlife crisis. Right? So. You need to be buying that red BMW convertible for your midlife crisis. Yeah. Right? That's what Tim Ab- Ferriss says, right? It's absolute. Uh, so, so, all right. So he's got his 401k, and that's good. So he is technically investing. I mean, look. So here's the thing is you do have debt, right? But um, if your employer matches your matches a retirement account contribution. Uh-huh. I think that should above all. It should go into the matching first. I mean you're only free because money, right? I'm saying like so you put in say like you put in $1000 and your it's guaranteed your employer will give you $1000. Mm-hmm. The second you put it in, you're guaranteed to double your money. 100% gain. Like right. that makes an enormous amount of sense. And because the gains are tax free. So retirement matching above all like always, but your debt's an emergency and it's got to go first. Right. Even before putting more money towards like the house or something. Yeah. Like he's already had, he already has a mortgage in this case, but, uh, he, so you're, so, and, and here's the thing. His student loans are at 7% at, on average. So which it's is like, damn high, which is the high. Yeah. I think it's a little high. So mm-hmm. it would make sense for him to get rid of that before investing. Because at this point, if he started investing, he would barely make that as a return. It would be like a push. Yeah, right? And he would just be prolonging that debt. And imagine you get that debt paid off, and then you can, like, whatever you've, whatever, if you're, uh, all right, hold on. If you can survive paying off that debt, right? If you can survive in life and you're paying off the debt, great. Then when you're done paying off the debt, Pretend like the debt still exists, but instead of putting the money towards your loans, now put it towards investing. You know, do you know what absolutely, I mean? dude. And 
I don't know. I guess we'll we'll do uh, maybe maybe the next episode we'll do the mortgage hack thing. But it, the exact same mindset. I think that is like the right mindset, and that's the exact same mindset to like really crush your mortgage, which we'll talk about. And it's also a mindset for getting rid of credit card debt. It's the stack method, or it's yeah. the method that I used. It's you know, put money towards this credit card and any extra money you can, but then pretend that credit card still exists, but stack it on top of the next one so you, you pay off the next card faster. I think it is much harder to have like a lifestyle that that varies and you know it's it's greater this month and much much lower next month and kind of in the middle and it's just like up and down like I think if you can set it so that you could just guarantee a certain amount and you can live that lifestyle and be happy then like you're on then you're on a solid path. Well let me ask, do mm-hmm. you think he should do a- and I don't know how long it would take. I mean, a hundred thousand dollar student loan is a lot. That's a lot of money. He went. It is. He, I, I believe like he, it's from law school. So, I mean, hopefully he's making a decent income now because he's a lawyer. Uh, but I guess my question is: Does he sacrifice for a couple of years? Like I talked about on that other episode, where I said, like, you know what? For the next couple of years, just to get rid of debt, you should probably not live the life that you want. You should kind of downgrade and, you know, bite the bullet, p- make some extra money on the side, you know, whatever you can. Mm. Uh, just work your balls off for like two years. Get that student loan debt paid off because the sooner you get it paid off, the sooner you can – the sooner you can – you know, live without that student loan debt and now you're making a bunch of money and you're putting that money towards investments and you can finally start going out and doing the things you want to do. Do you think that there's that he should maybe sacrifice? So uh, I was listening to Pat, like I think it was like uh, a few episodes ago or at least of? by the time this goes live of, of our podcast. Oh. And when we were talking about, you know, sacrificing, similar thing and, and we were talking and, and I said... My, my situation when I first graduated college, and I realized um, actually how important that was for my now success. Because like, what was the, important? The 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 sacrificing the fancy lifestyle and okay. just just being like living on less and like I'm just if you could do it for like two to three years, just like really like just be militaristic and just tough it out. Yeah, like. It will do. It'll do you so many favors in the future. Like it'll just be such a big deal. You know um, that that's what I, did it for me. Yeah, that was and my I, whole... I, feel, I feel like we're repeating that conversation that we had on that other episode. I mean, we kind of are. Like I, I kind of just brought it back up, but, but well, I, I, I'm starting to feel strongly about it. Like I feel oh, like we haven't maybe said it enough. I, I agree because um, you know I think. I didn't, again, I didn't go to college, and I really don't give a shit about having a quote-unquote life, or at least a life that it, you know, uh, let me try to put this the right way, at least a life that the, the, the community thinks I should have. I think, you know, you you're, don't, you're, you're not suffering from FOMO. What is that? Fear of missing out. Correct. Yes. I, I don't have that fear, but it's like the one fear I don't have. Uh, because that's I think that's what drives a lot of this like crazy spending and shit. It's like, oh my god, everyone's out dropping like blah blah. It I is. Gotta... I used to be that way because I, I get I get that. I've, I've been there too. Yeah. So uh, I think you know when you go to college and you can uh, speak to this when you're done school, you kind of want to get started 
with your life. Like you kind of want, you're like anxious to like get the house, get the dog, get the wife, get the car, live a life, right? And, and not but, necessarily that order, but yes. Right. I'm just saying like you're in a rush to, to do what you think you're supposed to do. Yeah. Instead of like taking a, a couple of years of sacrificing to pay off the student loan debt and then, you know, maybe, you know, basically it's like an, an extended college where you where you live like a college kid for like a couple of years afterwards to get rid of your student debt. Then you jump into the thing. Now, I know we're is in hindsight for Nick because he's already got the house. He's already got, mm. you know, he's already married. He's got the 401k going. I mean, he started. He, he's, he started. Now he's got to, uh, you know. Figure out but where th- there's it- no problem with that. I mean, the, the order he chose is his life order. And yeah, is what important? What was important to him? Exactly, and it's fine. So he. So uh, the next question I have for you is, okay, let's say he puts all his money. You think you think you should put all his money towards debt besides yeah. the four hundred one k, all of it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what happened now? Now what? Now let's say his debt's paid off. Now where should he allocate his money? So, and this is where I kind of want to add to the question because he didn't mention like, you know, co- like college accounts for kids and stuff like that. But other readers or mm-hmm. for keep saying readers, listeners had asked questions like that. And I think, um, I mean, depending on how much he makes and he could check the tax brackets, throwing into accounts for colleges is a great way to reduce your taxable income. Mm-hmm. But uh, I would start building a uh, uh, the necessary buffer in cash in his account and then putting the excess all into investments. And whether he wanted to do that himself and pick his Vanguard funds or whatever, or if he wanted to just kind of set it and forget it with Betterment, you know, like I, I set it and forget it with Betterment. I, I yeah. play with a little bit of my money, but most of it just goes to automation because I, I don't have time, you know. And you but have I, no and you have no debt, right? No debt. I mean I, I have like revolving month to month debt. You know, like I put, I buy everything on the credit card, and then okay, when the that bills do, I though, pay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but no, no debt, no. And I mean, you're actually, married, I mean, mortgage, mortgage, but hmm? I mean, aren't you like besides the hundred thousand dollars student loan? Aren't you in this exact guy's position? You're twenty nine. You're married. You own a house. You have a four hundred one k that you maxed out. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. And but you don't. The only thing you don't have is student loan debt. Right. So. All right, let's let's go in this direction. Let's say Nick gets rid of his student loan debt. Mm-hmm. What do you do with all the extra money that you have? So, um, what one thing I wouldn't do is is overpay my mortgage. Uh, I and we we have an article about that, and maybe we'll do more like an episode about that. But um, it is so beneficial actually for you to keep that that mortgage and pay it off slowly. All right, I, let let me ask the question again. Mm. Where do you put? Your extra money, not the bills, not the mortgage, none of that. Right. Where do you? What do you do with it? Um, I put it into various investments. I put it into Betterment. I put it into Lending Club. Um, I buy a very small portion of my portfolio. I buy things that interest me, like Tesla or Apple or you know stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I invest it all and all uh, of it, all, all of it, and I, I actually. Personally, because I, I'm very um, income secure, so I don't have to worry about like keeping such a big uh, amount of cash on hand. Well, I um, think Nick is in that same position too. He's got income coming in. Yeah, I mean, if he has income coming in, he's very confident about his job and and how 
money he'll be making in the future. I would put the majority of his income in investments because if shit hit the fan and it was emergency, you could always sell your investments. Mm-hmm. Uh, things like Betterment are extremely liquid where you they clear immediately and will be cash in hand in under a week. Um, but when you keep it in cash, it's like that article we wrote where you're getting like uh, idiot interest. They're giving you not even 1% interest. They're basically mm-hmm. screwing you. But uh, if you put but it, it's into, guaranteed. But it's guaranteed, yes. So there is a little bit of risk, but you know what? When you step outside your door, you an airplane could fall on you or something. Like you can't oh get by not, a meteor. Now I'm afraid of airplanes crashing into me. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I mean, like, dude, there's, there's risks with everything, and I think people um, are maybe afraid of this risk more like dude uh getting in a car and driving is extremely risky it's one of like the most dangerous things you could do actually in your life maybe behind smoking you know so but no one is afraid to get in their car and drive at you know 80 miles an hour down the highway in the rain people do that shit all the time but you know what they won't invest and i think the reason is because they don't know or understand yeah and the thing is is uh, we're not day traders. It's not. We're not looking at the little day to day stuff. When you pull it out long term and you just throw it in there, you're going to make money. I got a question for you. Yeah. Might be a stupid question, but you can be the judge of that. Uh, if investing didn't exist, mm. what would you do with your money? So we we use this like word investing, and it's like this like umbrella proxy but like you know if you wanted to go buy another property and rent it out right that Mm -hmm. that is considered investing you know would you do that would that be something you would do um if investing didn't exist like the stock market doesn't exist in this world that i created in my head and i'm asking you this question oh so you're looking for like alternatives to i'm just i'm i'm looking at hypotheticals because i'm just curious i'm just trying to pull out of you you know i know the question is where does he put his money first so let's let's go down a scale, right? First, I think I think the most lucrative. Th- okay, sorry, go ahead. So I was going to say the first thing mm. is debt, right? And it's just like our wealth wheel. Our wealth wheel starts with income because you have to have income to even talk about money. Debt is the first place it goes. Then it goes to budgeting, and then mm. budgeting is just a way to diversify where things go after your debt's paid off, right? right. So in a budget world, you have. Uh, expenses like your utilities for your house, your mortgage, your car if you have one. Um, those are like necessities. Like you got to kind of pay those to live. And then the other portion is where you kind of split it into different investing accounts. And, you know, maybe you have a travel fund, you're saving up for a vacation, right? Maybe right. whatever. What are some other things uh, that you would that prioritize investing in debt? So, um, if you weren't going to put in the stock market, I would yeah. say the most lucrative uh, alternative and very likely more lucrative than the stock market, although it involves a little more work, is, is something where you invest in other people's debt. You know, you need yeah. a loan. And, and that's, that's like what Lending Club is and what, you know, Prosper is. And I, I do very well there. So, I would do something like that. Um, so, invest in like real world. I mean... Technically, the stock market is real world stuff, but I mean, like the stock market is like a proxy for for all these real world things. Like, because the next thing I would say is like, I would I would you know buy a property and I would rent it out to people. But the thing is, like, you could do that 
and be a landlord and deal with a roof that leaks and bed bugs and all this bullshit. Or you could buy the investment vehicle that represents that. You know, it may not return as high as if you did it yourself and you're extremely efficient, but you also don't get the stress. The only problem I have with that, though, is like buying a house is a really big investment. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's not easy and, to do. And you lock up major amounts of money yeah, I, in this house, and it is me. completely illiquid. Like, if it was an emergency, you know, say you put like 60000 into your, your home, yeah. and you needed it, like, I don't know, it's going to take you at least 30 days, I mean, at, at best 30 days to sell your home and get the money back. Probably more than that, because some people have to look at it, they're going to fucking debate the price with you. Right. I'm just trying to think of any more questions that I can take out of this one sentence. I mean, we kind of answered the question. Debt. First place. Yeah, I mean, debt first place. Um, Second place, invest. In, and, uh, actually, in... first first place is is easy win retirement, like matching type things. Of course. Debt. Yep. Um, if, if you earn a lot of money, then you could focus on stuff like kids, college funds that will reduce your taxable income. Now, I want you to say why would somebody want to like what's the benefit of reducing your taxable income um and i maybe i can give you the layman uh you want to show the government that you make less than you actually do because the less that you make the less you pay in taxes right yeah so so go ahead so so to put it in perspective um laura makes just about uh, what the U.S. average household income is, right? Like, just below it. You know, I mean, obviously, we're in New York, so salaries are higher because cost of living is higher. Sure. Um, the amount of taxes I pay uh, is more than her salary. You know, wow. so, it, and I, I, so these, these huge numbers, and they go towards whatever, wars or stupid shit, and you don't have control over it. So the goal is to... Keep more of it for yourself because, like, I mean, of, of course. By investing it in stuff. So, like, the reason you go into the 401k or the IRA or, you know, the college saving thing is because um, it reduces your taxable income. And the reason that you would – it's important to do it because it lowers your taxes, but it's really key to do it if you could drop yourself into the next bracket because, like, a bracket change of 2% on a, on a significant amount of money is like a, is a lot of savings. Is there a place online where we can get this bracket information? Can you look that up? Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll include it in the show notes. Like, yeah, um, I, I don't even know. I, I know that this year I paid 10% in taxes because I make like money. I make like $5,000 a year, you know, on paper. <laughs> uh, and I, I, I paid like nothing in taxes. And... Like this is what businesses do. They they they, you know, businesses do this. So why you know individuals can too? Since now corporations are people. I mean, we're the same. So we're look tax avoidance. Uh huh. Is I'm sorry. Tax evasion is illegal. Tax avoidance is encouraged. Right. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, I want my I don't I want the government to think I make like five thousand a year always, so that I pay, you know, ten dollars in taxes or whatever. <laughs> Hundred dollars, yeah. This year I owed fourteen hundred dollars in taxes. Damn, that is rough. I know. 
I'm getting uh, like 700. By the way, like after we hang up from this podcast, I'm like literally submitting my taxes. At like Yeah, you kind of have to do the, that, right? The it's like 18th hour. Yeah, it's Jesus. like, yeah. And, I and, mean, you, like and seven, you're getting money back, right? Oh, yeah, I'm getting $700 back, dude. If you only knew how much I paid, like if, if there was like an Uncle Sam as a real person, you I would like beat the shit out of him. I know. Because, but you're you're getting money back. Why wouldn't you want that money sooner? Why wouldn't you do it? Like when I do, when I had a job and I got a refund every year, I would do it on January first. Like as soon as I got my W two in the mail or W nine or whatever the hell it was, uh, W two, I would immediately jump on like H and R Block or whatever, get my taxes done, collect that refund check, direct deposit like as soon as possible. Now I wait till the last minute because I always owe money. But so um, n- not I, I don't know how like- I don't know how we got into the tax. Not not to be constantly tooting my horn, but um, I put myself in a situation. Boop, boop, boop. But uh, I, it, I put myself in a situation where you know what, like seven hundred dollars will not meaningfully change my life yeah, that's at all. True. So yeah. it's just I just just work I have to do. Yeah, you so, can buy you can buy me a hard drive. That'd be a damn expensive hard drive. Yeah, I know. S- SSD like five hundred gig or something. A backup hard drive. You got that's how much I'm going to be paying for mine anyway. Anyway, you need it, man. I know. Uh, so, is there anything else you'd like to add before we wrap things up? Uh, no. I mean, just debt's an emergency. Focus on that, and then just don't keep it in your checking account. And keep- it's almost any, pretty much anywhere is better than your checking account. Or say, and then, you know, when when I say checking account, savings accounts like the exact same thing, like. You transfer money from your checking to your savings, like you're just there's no difference. It's right. it's nominal. All right. Well, um, look, that was Nick. Thank you, Nick, for your question. I hope we answered it, or at least you know <laughs> convinced you that you got to pay off that student loan debt, my friend. Uh, and if anybody else has any questions, or you just want to chat with us, because we love to chat. That's right. Snapchat. I don't know, I don't know why I had to say it all sexy like. We love to chat. Email us, listenmoneymatters at gmail.com. Seriously want to hear from you guys. And if you like this show, and I hope that you do, <laughs> please leave us a review on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you listen. The reviews are the f- – I know it's not a word, but it's the funnest thing to do. It's the funnest thing to read. And some people are very creative with their We appreciate reviews. it. I, yeah. I really appreciate it. It makes my day like – since since we're not really making any money off this beyond keeping no. the lights on, like yeah. that's like the fuel, at least for me, to keep it kind of for sure. Yeah, but but before before we tie up, um, I, I feel like we, we we wrote this book and we don't really like we're Pimp not it. like big promoters and like we're no. not like kind of you know pimping our stuff out and um, but uh, I really think it's I think I really think it's gonna be very helpful. Um, if, if you go to masteringmint.com or listen money matters, click on books and you can see the books that we have, but, uh, it, it, it's a pretty beefy book. It's, it's chocked, packed with details. And what's it uh, about? It's, it's about, uh, using mint, which is a, a financial tool to help you automate your stuff and make sure you keep everything in line and you're not overdrafting accounts and all your bills are able to be covered, stuff like that. And um, it's a very robust tool, but it took me a long time to learn. And I kind of took everything that I learned, threw it into the book. Hopefully, it'll save you some time. 
at least go there and get the free chapter. I gave you, I, I, we give out one of my favorite chapters. Um, and just check it out. I, I think it would be very helpful, especially for people who kind of don't want to spend that much time on money and need help cleaning up their, their money act. Yeah, to, to, keep, to put it in, the, in very simple terms, Mint.com is free software that helps you automate and, contr- and control your money management. Mm. We wrote a book to help you use the software, but the book is not for free. The book costs $29. However, however, mm. since you're listening to this podcast, we decided to be generous. And if you use the coupon code podcast, you will get $5 off. And you can find it at masteringmint.com or listenmoneymatters slash books to find it. We also have a debt book, and it's free to get rid That's of debt. That's right. Nick, if you want to download that, go ahead. It's free. Please. Totally free. Yeah, because free. You know, if you have debt, like I, I couldn't stomach charging you for anything. You need to take no, that out first. Ex- exactly. All the money goes there. So last but not least, if you want to learn more about personal finance and money management, we have a website, and we just mentioned it 400,000 times. But we're always writing new stuff, and we're always posting up new episodes, and 31 of them in May in a row. Boom. Now, keeping ourselves accountable. Yeah. ListenMoneyMatters.com. ListenMoneyMatters.com. So that's it. Thanks for hanging out with us. We look forward to the next episode. Andrew, good day, my friend. Later, sir. Later. Later.